Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and, more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five- and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. I am so excited to share with you my incredible guest today. Harriet Meller is a sales transformation coach, entrepreneur, and big picture sales consultant of Your Sales Co, who is passionate about growing businesses and removing the stigma from sales. With over 15 years experience within a range of industries in both the UK and Australia, Harriet has an array of knowledge and skills, which has enabled her to grow sales from zero to 9.8 million in less than three years, whilst becoming one of the most sought after salespeople in Western Australia. Harriet has just completed the sale of her first business, a multi six-figure day spa in Perth, and will be launching her incredible sales transformation mastermind later this year. Trust me when I say you want to keep an eye out for that. Harriet is a friend, beloved client, and one of the most passionate and heart-centered sales pros you will ever meet. In this episode, we chat through the challenges that most small business owners face when it comes to sales, how to reframe how you view sales so that you can actually begin to love the process, how you can change your relationship to sales, and some strategies that you can take and implement immediately. Enjoy this episode. I know you're going to love it. Where I really want to start from is, or where I really want to lead in from is, you know, sales is one of those things where obviously you don't have clients coming to you who are like, I love sales so much. It's my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about how we can make sales better because it's just the most amazing thing. It's one of those things that we fear, we dislike, we don't lean into. So with that in mind, what are the main challenges that you hear from clients, potential clients, when you're having conversations with them initially about sales? Well, yes, you're definitely right. I don't get them saying I love it. And I wish (laughs) I did. And maybe in a few months, we'll be getting more of those. Um, But no, the sales challenges are usually, I don't want to sound salesy. I'm trying to get more clients, um, but I'm afraid of selling I don't know how to sell and the fear of rejection if they do put themselves out there to sell so I think they're probably the main main questions that kind of come through to me yeah yeah makes total sense and it's the trepidation around it right of the how do I do this in a way that is going to feel good because everything about it feels crappy so 
What are your thoughts on sales? And have you ever been in that mindset where you thought selling was bad, ugly, sleazy, icky, whatever words we want to use? Have you been in that place? If so, what did the transition look like for you? Or if you haven't been in that place, why? I have definitely been in that place. I have been in that place where I didn't tell people I was in sales for a really long time because I was afraid of what they would think of me and does that make me a bad person and will they not trust me anymore? But before that, before I was in that sales role, I never wanted to be in sales. And I remember working for a big tech company and I was doing events, which was my dream. That's all I ever wanted to do was work in events. I didn't go to university and I worked really hard to get into events, got into events and I got really bored really quickly. It was the same thing over and over. I changed from corporate conferencing through to weddings, through to fancy hotels and and everything you could imagine and landed in a tech company running internal events. So think Google, think fun, think hiring out cinemas, flying people to Verbier, holidays in Vegas. Like those were the sorts of events I was organizing. So that was great, but it was still not really lighting me up. And the CEO of the company every week was like, come and join us in sales. And you got me in every sales meeting. I used to sit there and be like, this is great. Yep, I can see how these people are doing really well, but no, I don't want to do it. Um, And then one day we changed the model in the business to be bringing on more people. So we're bringing on 10 to 20 people a week and they were going into sales. Sales was the biggest department. And he asked me to run that induction and train people in our product. So I had to know what cloud computing was, which at the time I did not know what cloud computing was. And fast forward a few months later, I'm training people how to come into the business, what we do as a business, and then teaching them how to be on the phone. Now, I hadn't been doing it for very long, but I really quickly understood how I could get somebody on the phone from not knowing anything about us to wanting to find out more and potentially looking at how we could help their business. So I just tried and tested a few things, not thinking that wasn't sales, that was training, that was not sales. And so it went through and I went through that whole journey of I'm not selling, I'm just helping people or I'm not selling, I'm just training people. And went through that and six months later, I've got a team of 45 people in sales who I'm teaching, I'm listening to their calls, I'm doing cold calls with them, I'm doing account calls with them as well and next minute I'm in sales and I'm head of transformational sales and I don't know how that happened but I never really told anybody and if they said what what did I do I just said I managed a team and I was a bit of a project manager in the business but towards the end of that I actually realized that I was in sales and that I was really happy to be in sales because not only was I earning more money than anyone that I knew but I was able to help people in that company to understand how we could actually help and so that business grew from I think I was employee 75 or you know under 100 and they got up to 600 people before I left to move to Australia so yeah so I to answer your question I was in that place and I got there by changing mindset and actually really understanding how what it was that I was doing on a day-to-day basis really helped people and once I was able to identify that sales became less about selling a product and having to hit a target 
and make somebody part with some cash because I believe that that what it was they were buying was actually beneficial to them. So it really changed the game for me. And when I was came to Australia, I was able to then obviously sell myself into a new position, but start from zero, no contacts. I didn't know anybody in Australia apart from like the three people that I was that I was my boyfriend at the time and you know his family. And I was able to then grow from there. And so that really changed it for me. And from Australia, I was straight away, I'm in sales. This is what I do. But it's still scary. It was still a scary thought of being in a business and actually having to sell and be responsible for selling. But again, it's just that mindset, understanding what it was I was doing, who I could help and how I could help them. Ultimately, what I'm hearing from what you're saying there is that when you thought about sales as sales you kind of felt a little bit shitty about being in that role, sharing it with people, you know, talking about it, being like, yes, I am a salesperson, like because of the concept and, you know, what we think from the connotations essentially of that term. But when you were doing the work, you recognized that actually you were doing work that was about serving and supporting people and oh, hi, that's kind of actually also sales. So what's awesome about that is that, and I know you and I have had great conversations about this, is that ultimately there is that mindset around we think sales is bad Mm -hmm. and so we disassociate with this concept of sales. But actually when we view sales through that lens, it completely changes the game and changes everything for us. I love that so much. So when you were supporting your team to grow Mm -hmm. and you essentially were creating this sales framework and model that the business was using, can you share the mindset around that process and really what you were teaching your team from a mindset perspective? Because you know, I love looking at it through this lens because Mm -hmm. obviously you're teaching them a strategy, but I imagine there would have been a culture around the process and the mindset essentially around service. Can you talk a little bit to that and then what sort of successes you were able to generate from that approach? Yeah. So in the mindset space, again, obviously that was highlighted through that story, but with the mindset of the people coming through the team, they were from all walks of life. So some were graduates, some were in other roles and wanted to get into sales and in that sales space, just worth mentioning is that people get into sales or get pushed into sales usually because they don't have any have a high enough education to get into something else. They've tried a few a few of the things and it's not quite worked, and they just want to earn some money. And so we're not necessarily looking at it from that perspective where we've got these really educated people coming in to sales that really can understand your business and really articulate that. So when we were dealing with the people that were coming through, we were able to explain to them how the business supported our clients. And so because the business supported so many really big brands, we were able to explain the customer journey that they took their clients on. And in turn, without our service, they wouldn't be able to do their job and support their clients. And so first off, we looked at testimonials. So what case studies, how were we helping clients? How did some of those services really change the game for their businesses? And looking at how those businesses were able to scale. So that then when we put them on the phone, 
The question wasn't, do you want to buy a service? The question was, what are you currently doing in this space? How is it serving you? What is good about it? So we really broke down the barriers around people going straight in saying, do you want to replace this service? Whereas we were saying, what are you currently doing? What do you like about it? And people are like, hang on a minute, what does this person actually want? And then they were telling us more because those barriers were broken down. Then when we asked them what else could they be doing or what else could that service be offering them, that was where our opportunity lay for us to be able to pitch or match a service based on what it was that we were offering. And so mindset first was supporting that understanding that what we did was actually serving people. But then on the flip side, when we were talking about how do we now engage these customers, we were able to share exactly the mindset, support the customer. So we were supporting the customer's mindset of the fact that usually a cold call means they're trying to sell me something, whereas actually we were just trying to learn. And then if the outcome was we sold them something, then that was a benefit because we knew we were supporting them in the right way. I love that. What kind of results did you get in that business? Gosh, incredible results. It varied from group to group as to what we were getting. And the way that I structured it was that people would come in to the team and then based on how they did, so were they great at that outbound conversation? Could they turn people into saying no to wanting to at least know more about the product or service? And then we had other people that were not so great at capturing that, but they were really nurturing. And so from that space, I would put them into sales or into account management. And then the results from that were number of calls versus then the ability to start generating meetings. And so people within that team, we'd see really quickly whether they were making the calls and then from those calls, what results they were getting. So to answer your question around results, I can't really answer that to a point as to the tangible results we were able to see because we moved them on so quickly. So this sometimes they were with me for a week and then they would move into a sales role. But the results from that meant that they were seeing sales, they were identifying opportunities and having conversations that were meaningful. And then we had the others that we could see were more nurturing and we would put them into an account management position. So from that, I guess the tangible results I could share would be the way that the business grew. So the business grew from, um, I think at the time they were around a 50 million pound company and that grew up to a 400 million pound company and they sold not so long ago. Amazing. Okay. So what I really want to do now is take what you shared and talk about it through the lens of being a small business owner. So being a coach, creative consultant. So something that I really love that you talked about here is essentially this concept of starting with a conversation around what they loved about the outcome that they were endeavoring to create right now. So essentially, let's say, let's say that I am somebody who is wanting to improve my fitness journey. Maybe I am a new mama and I know that I want to look after my my fitness and start a new regime, start a new movement practice. And if you started with the conversation of what did you love about the way you moved pre-bub or what is it that you love about your lifestyle? What movement makes you feel really good? I know that I would be far more inclined if you were a fitness coach to open up to you and share with you what it is that I loved about 
movement and fitness and all of those things rather than if you let in with, all right, tell me all your challenges right now. And so the point that I'm making is that I think that this is so relevant to us as coaches, creatives, consultants who are having those one-to-one conversations on calls with our potential clients. So through discovery calls, really giving our potential client the space and the opportunity to share with us where we're at, where they're at rather, so that we're then able to say, right, based on where you're at and based on what you're sharing, I absolutely am the person to support you. I can absolutely serve you and here's how, or maybe I can't, but it's through that lens of listening first and then being able to really identify that. So I love that you shared that so much. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you see people do really well in sales calls? So if we're, you know, talking to like the coaches, creatives, consultants, small business owners, what do you see people do really well in those sales calls for lack of a better word, quote unquote? And what do you see... Yeah, what do you see them do well and what do you see people do not so well? So in the space that you just mentioned there around those calls is that first off, just saying that they can help them is kind of number one because usually people are coming through to you and they've already asked a question or they've already highlighted a problem. So by first off mentioning the fact that I can certainly help you in the space or that's exactly what it is that I'm here to help you with, that works really well. Um, Some of the things I see people doing is really questioning what they're trying to achieve. So if we understand the problem, really a problem, if we look at actually what a problem means, the problem is just a gap between where we are now and where we want to be. And we're there to help them. So the salespeople, you know, that are selling their business, because we're all salespeople, we all, you know, if you're listening to this, you own a business, you are a salesperson. And so as a salesperson, we're just trying to help somebody or guide somebody or handhold them from where they are now to where they want to be. I feel like I need to pause you there because it's such a, like, I just, everyone that's listening, I just want you to like drill that into your brain. What Harriet said just there, essentially we're creating the opportunity to close that gap between where they are and where they want to be. We're supporting that transformation. I just think this is so important, especially those of us that sell intangible products or services, Mm -hmm. highlighting that transformation, supporting that transformation is so important. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just really (laughs) (laughs) write that down, Elisa. But yeah, that is so important because that chat again, it's, we've come back to mindset, which is about sales that again, just helps us really understand we're not selling them the outcome. We're not selling them on a product or service that we want to sell them. We're saying you're here. You've told me you want to be there, wherever that there is. And the product or service that I'm delivering is certainly best place to help you, but this is how we're going to do it. And so that number one works extremely well. When clients understand what it is they're offering. So some of the clients I deal with will know exactly what it is they're offering, but they're just not too sure how to tell their customers what it is that they offer. And so being able to articulate your pitch or having a pitch that resonates with your ideal client is ideal. I said ideal a number of times then, but with, you know, with, with, with that pitch, that's where you'll really start to pique that interest. And so I even recommend sometimes having more than one pitch 
And some salespeople might say that's not going to work. But actually, if your ideal client is maybe three different people or you're potentially talking to three different problems, then those pitches need to resonate with those people. And so you might have a pitch that you've got if it's one on one. You might have a pitch if you're in front of three or four people and they're saying, oh, what is it that you do? You know, talking to a general audience versus talking to somebody that's got a specific problem, understanding that pitch and being able to articulate that really well. Um, understanding what a benefit is versus a feature. Now, I'm smiling whilst I'm saying this because this is my favorite topic is features and benefits because we can list features of anything. We can list features of our products, of our services. We can list features of you know, a holiday package. We can list features of, um, of, a, of the back of a packet of ingredients. Like they're all features, but a benefit is actually turns it into what's in it for your customer. So if you've got a list of features, they're just what you do. They're the ingredients that go into making this awesome cake and this awesome outcome. But the benefit is actually saying what that feature truly means to you within this package, within this service. And when businesses can truly articulate the difference between a feature and a service, we then link it back. So we've got, we know what the problem is. We know what outcome they're trying to get to. We know that we can solve their problem we've been able to qualify that by asking open questions. And we're now about to end that and loop it all together and make this all sound so amazing by saying, we've got a couple of features, or I've got a couple of features within this product or service that will serve you, that in turn means this to your business. And that's the real game changer because a lot of businesses skip, they go from pitch, they go from, I can help you, they go to outcome, and that's it. And we don't really, we start picking features that are not really relevant. And I'll give an example in this space because I think it's worthwhile doing for those that are not that familiar with this process. Please. Is that if, and it happened to me a number of times, I went to buy a house, you go to the real estate agent and they give you, they just bulk you onto this mail out that says, here's a million houses in your suburb. And right now there's not a million for sale, but there might be one or two. But you know, here's a few in your suburb that you're looking in, here you go. And I go into the home open and they'd say, there's an awesome school down the road and there's room here for seven cars and there's a backyard that's big enough for a pool. They don't actually know whether any of that means anything to me. I don't have children. Do I care about the school down the road? We only have two cars. Do I need room for seven? Do we want a swimming pool? So if they then actually understood that I have a dog, that the chance I want space for my dog to be able to run around and maybe a pool for my dog, not for me, maybe pitch me on that. So talking about the shops that are local, talking about the fact that maybe the road's quiet so my dog does get out, it's not going to get hit by a, by a car. Do I work from home? Do I need an office as well as three bedrooms? Do my family come over and visit from the UK? They're the sorts of things that mean so much more to me when I'm buying a house. So pitch me on what means something to me and I'm going to be more than likely to buy it. Same as when we go out and buy a car, they talk about all the features in a car, but actually is the boot big enough for my dog? I'm going to keep talking about my dog because yes, I love him. But <laughs> in the car scenario, you know, is that is that going to be possible? Will he be able to jump in the back of that car? Will he ruin the leather seats with his slobber if he sticks his head over the back seat? Are the windows tinted? Can I leave the car running whilst I pop into the shops so that he can enjoy that aircon? Now, yes, he's high maintenance, but maybe those are the things that are really important to me. But if the salesperson asked me, what do I want from a car? 
that may seem really simple, but without asking me, you can't sell me on something. And this is so often what we do in businesses is that we don't ask any questions and we sell based on what we think is important. Whereas if we sell based on what we know is important, the outcome is so different. It's interesting because when I think about the humans that I work with, they are all humans who, um, you know, everyone that's listening to this podcast is in business because they care. They are heart-centered. They are humans that are wanting to make a difference in the world and wanting to provide genuine solutions to challenges that their clients have. And many of them are also coaches and coaches make incredible, incredible (laughs) conversationalists and are incredible at being able to understand humans. And so essentially what you're talking about is asking those powerful questions that give really great answers. I also love that you spoke to the features and benefits point because I'm with you. I just think this one is so important. I talk about the so that formula when you're writing copy or when you're speaking, it's like, okay, cool. So cool, cool, cool. We have six calls as part of this so that you have in-depth support from me partnering with you in your business to achieve X you know, you get copy review so that we go granular into your messaging, which is the most important thing. If you're, you know, if that example being, if you're a business coach, so it's like a really great practical thing is asking that question of every time you're thinking about the features in your package or your offer, your service, asking yourself like, so that like, why do I have each of these things? So that X, so that Y, so that Z, because it means nothing if it's like, six calls, a copy review or, you know, check in on this day. Like, what does that actually mean to me? What does that actually mean to me? The oldest term is with them and that's what's in it for me. And that's something I think I learned when I was about 16 (laughs) and that stuck with me forever. But then you change it into that. So what? So that. Uh, what does it mean for them? And if you can't answer that question of what does it actually mean for them, you haven't given them the benefit, you're still in feature mode. And that feature mode is where that mindset comes from, where that misconception comes from with sales. Because I use the example of car and home sales because they sell high ticket items, but actually they don't really listen. And so when we talked before about that sleazy, that icky feeling when it comes to sales, because a lot of the time we've actually only dealt with that poor element of selling. We don't really experience these awesome ways of selling or these experiences of being part of a journey of sales that is truly heart-centered in the same way that you mentioned with, with some of the clients that you work with. And so when we're able to talk about that element of pitching and matching, we're solving a problem based on what it is that you've told us, based on what it is that we deliver versus I'm going to sell you something on things that I think are important to me and therefore should be important to you. And that's where we get the negative sales connotations from, is from Mm. those poor experiences or from feeling like we have to buy something or that if we don't, we're going to be judged for not buying it. And so again, that whole sales journey of changing that is that when we've experienced something, we then liken it to something that maybe we might do. But to relate that into a different experience, if we go on holiday or go to a restaurant and have an amazing, amazing experience, we tell lots of people. If we have this awful experience, we tell even more people. But what we don't do, we don't stop going on holiday because it was awful. We don't stop eating out because it was awful. We just go somewhere else. 
But as people in business, we look at a poor sales experience and we just go, I'm just not going to sell. Whereas actually, why don't we just sell differently? Why don't we just take that journey and do something different? And that's really what I'm passionate about getting out there in the world. And that's really what people do when they sell well and they get all these amazing customers. It's because they're able to articulate what they do, how they do it and how they can help you. Boom, mic drop. (laughs) No, it's, I think that so much of heart-centered sales is about allowing the person in front of you to feel seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that when I think about interactions where it does feel like a negative interaction in a sales context or not in a sales context, if I'm like, oh, I'm really magnetized to that person or that person's made me feel really great. My favorite quote of all time is the Maya Angelou quote of it's not what we said. It's not what we did. It's how, you know, it's how we made that person feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is so relevant to a sales mm-hmm. context, but ultimately If I come out of a good exchange, I felt seen. That's why it was a good exchange. It's because I felt seen. I felt witnessed. I felt heard. I felt understood. Mm -hmm. And if we're not asking those questions, like you've so beautifully shared here, we're not enabling that person to feel seen or heard. Like you said, we're instead having an exchange where we're almost taking on this ridiculous position of power of going, no, you should want this because I think you should instead of this beautiful exchange, which is two sovereign humans having a conversation where one is identifying that the other has a problem that they can solve and going, great, I can support you to close the gap because I understand you. I see you. I witness you based on what you've just shared and I'm here to support you. And this is what that would look like in that human to human process. Another thing that I think is so wonderful, and this makes me excited when I'm on discovery calls and I'm having conversations where at the start, someone's talking and I'm smiling to myself going, okay, this sounds great for you. You know, this mastermind sounds great for you or whatever it might be being able to go then cool. Well, this component of it, you know, based on what you've shared about being, you know, someone who's busy because you've also got a nine to five, I created this part of that program for you. Or it allows you to be really clever in why are we creating what we're creating? Like, how can we differentiate to serve these people? Ultimately, these conversations get to be, like you said, at the very start about data gathering, about information collection that supports us to be better in business. And so the more of these conversations we're having, Ultimately, it's like the better we're going to be at business, the better we're going to be at serving and supporting our clients because it's opportunities for us to listen to them and to hear them really well. Totally agree. And I want to just talk as well to the fact because we talked about these heart-centered coaching creatives. This goes for any industry. Now, my background, as I alluded to just before, is cybersecurity, IT. That was where I was for, for nine years. And absolutely loved it and that was great but I sold with service and so when I first came to Australia I was selling through meeting people and building connections and then finding out what their challenges are in their business what their goals are for the next six to 12 months and then I would find the opportunities and then match them with products and services that I offered and grew the business and so even in IT we can still lead with service we can still lead with heart-centered It doesn't have to be back to that corporate element and whether you're male or female, 
that still applies. So, you know, we can still look at how we want to be selling, how we want to be making our customers feel. And so it doesn't matter about industry or about whether you're airy-fairy or not airy-fairy or whether you are spiritual or not spiritual, whatever those words want to be, the sales element and understanding your customer and solving the problem is the same. So I just thought it was worth mentioning. I think that's that's such a great thing to mention because there's so many stories, especially within the spiritual communities around, you know, flowy feminine sales and, um, you know, not like we shouldn't follow up and just all of these things that are not, they're not actually steeped in service. They're just not. Right. And in fact, it, I find it something that frustrates me because, it's almost this like anti-sales culture that's been born out of a, oh, this is the most helpful way to do things. But it's like, it's actually not because you're not holding space to witness someone and support them with what they need. You're actually being in that energy of being somebody who is so floaty that you're not creating a stability and a, you know, enough of a rock for that person to then go, I'm going to be held in this experience with this person. I'm going to feel safe that they're going to support me because they've articulated exactly how they can do that. How can people change their relationship to sales? So I just really want to kind of finish up with this question of if I'm somebody who is very much in the mindset of, I find sales to be icky, I maybe haven't had the success that I would like on discovery calls or conversion calls. Mm -hmm. What can I start doing to change my relationship to sales and ultimately win clients through that? First off, it's mindset. That's that's going to be number one. But I think even just a step before that, if you actually, if you truly believe in what it is that you sell and your product or service, then that icky feeling will soon go. And that sounds a bit too easy, and I I hear that. But if you can start to really sit in with what it is that you do, why you started your business, and who it is that you help, and if you truly believe that that is the reason that you are so the reason why you set up your business and that you truly do help people, then that ickiness will soon start to fade away. Additional ways to put that to put that into motion and to get there quicker is that mindset. So those affirmations and really understanding that space. One of the things I love doing, because again, even as a seasoned salesperson, we do sometimes still go, okay, is what I'm doing right? Am I still helping enough people? Have I asked the right questions? Did I really understand their requirements? I read back through my mid and end surveys and people say so many lovely things about me. And so if I'm having a day where I'm like, oh, am I really serving? Is this really you know, helping everybody? Go back and reread some testimonials, read about why people want to work with you. And if you're not doing surveys, maybe do some, get some people to write about you and say some lovely things. And then you'll start to understand the transformation because without you selling your product or service, you're not helping customers. And without that, the customers that you're serving are not going to be getting the results that they are currently getting whilst working with you. And so when we really believe that and we get into that, that's then where we start to really shift that mindset. And so if we're not seeing that traction, that could be one thing that's holding us back. But then if we really get clear on what that journey and what that process needs to look like of what questions should I be asking? What information do I really want to uncover? And what information do I need to be able to match 
my features and my benefits with my customers to deliver that awesome outcome and solve those problems. Write them out because it takes practice. Sales is a skill. And I think people think they can turn sales on and they can turn sales off. And it's not always that easy. I mean, sales shouldn't be difficult, but there are processes, there are steps, there are mindset rules, there are ways that we can be better people at selling. And that comes with practice. And so writing out a bit of a script, writing out prompts that you can take through your calls is going to really change the game when it comes to having those conversations. And remember that practice makes perfect. So if you can practice in a Zoom call on your own and ask those questions and really start to feel what that sounds like when you're saying it and how that feels in your mouth, those sorts of things is what will help you build on that confidence and try it. If the first few don't work, don't worry. You've got a few more leads that will come through and you can work with them. But at least you've given it a go because by getting a few no's or a few misunderstandings, you're going to increase your ability to sell and therefore will increase that revenue, will increase that conversion rate. So good. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and your wisdom today. It's been absolutely incredible. Harriet, where can we find you? Tell us a little bit about what's happening in your world right now. And if we're interested where we can come over and access that and you yeah sure thank you um so i am on uh, so website your sales co uh, at your sales co for instagram and facebook i love hanging out on linkedin so you can connect with me on linkedin harriet meller on linkedin and there is a wait list currently live for uh, the Sales Transformation Mastermind doors are opening in August. So if you want to find out more about that and that journey of sales and loving sales and understanding sales and implementing an authentic way to sell within your business, um, then there's more information for that on the website along with the wait list as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and for being here today. I know this is going to be insanely useful for our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.